Well, guys, happy Sunday morning to you. Hopefully you are doing well. Well, as we finish up our series today, the day after Christmas, we're going to look at another detail of the Christmas story. And so it's interesting how creative couples and families can get with pregnancy announcements and birth announcements. And so here are a few that I've found that are pretty clever. You have the safety pins. <laughs> That's a, that, was a, that was a good one. The eviction notice. And then you have the toilet. And then the office. And then fine print. Like maybe you received a birth announcement or maybe you received a pregnancy announcement, you know, in the mail or maybe you saw it on Instagram. And there's a lot, there's really a lot we don't know about that child. We don't know other than its name on the birth announcement, the weight, how long they were, the sex of the baby. We really don't know much else. We don't know what they're going to be like. We don't know what they're going to secede at. We do not even know their character, their temperament, their personality yet. There's a lot we don't know. We don't even know what they're going to accomplish. And that's true for every of our births, except for one, and that was Jesus. Because in case you didn't know, Jesus' birth was very different. Those were, you know, the, the, the people who were there, they knew a little bit more about him. They knew sort of what to expect. He knew what uh, they knew what he would do, who he would be, and he was going to be born a king. And as we wrap up our series, we're going to see how different Jesus really was as a king. And so the question we've asked over the last couple of weeks has been this. Is he your king? Is he your king? And this is a question about surrender. Is he your king? Am I, am I going to live my life building it up for me, my kingdom, or am I going to be living for his kingdom? Is it going to be about me, or is it going to be about him? Am I going to lay my life down for the things that he wants me to lay down my life for? Or am I going to live with the consequences? See, some of us, we have a follow-up question, and the follow-up question is this. Why should he be my king? Why should he be my king? Is he worth following and surrendering everything to? I think for some of us, we're at a crossroads in our life and we've done everything we could to make our life successful and make our life fulfilling. It just hasn't worked out the way that we thought. And now we're at a crossroads. Are we willing to surrender everything to him? See, Jesus wasn't born just to be a rabbi, just to be a healer, a prophet, a preacher. He was born to be a king, and he was meant to be followed. And so as we look through the birth of Jesus through the eyes and the lens of those who experienced it, I believe we'll conclude, yes, he is worth it. And so to give some context of of the Christmas story and kind of where we are in this detail that we're going to be looking at today, we learned that there was a census given. And at that time when there was a census, you had to go back to where you were born. So for me, I would have to go back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for Jenny, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Well, for Mary and Joseph, because Joseph was the, the man, he had to go to Bethlehem. And so that's where they went. They went to Bethlehem. And there was no room for them to stay. And so they found a stable. And that's where Jesus was born. Jesus was born in a stable and he was placed in a food trough. He was born and placed in a manger. 
And then, one of the most creative birth announcements ever. It had nothing on the clothespins. It had nothing on the toilet announcement. It was spectacular. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified, but the angel assured them, don't be afraid. Now, being a, being a shepherd back then, it wasn't royalty. I mean, you weren't elite. It was a very lowly job. And many people who, who, who grew up and wanted to do something for a living probably would not have picked a shepherd. You know, shepherds weren't invited to go to the palace. There were, they were the ones that were not going to get the birth announcement. But God had ever other plans. The angels say, hey, I bring you good news and will bring great joy to all people. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah. The one that you've been praying for, the one you've been hoping for for over 700 years after the prediction was made, yes, he is here. He is born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you know this will be him. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. It wasn't going to be hard to find. See, he was the Savior that was going to deliver the world from their sin. But not just a forgiver of sins. He was going to be the Messiah, God's last and forever King. And he is the Lord who would call us to surrender, to follow, to participate in his kingdom. And see, the, the, the first announcement of the birth of this king was to a group of shepherds, right? And this would change everything because it showed that God was for everyday people. For you, for me, he was for everyday people. They would not find this king in a palace, but in a manger wrapped in clothes. And with an hour of Jesus' birth, we see that this king was different. The character and the heart of this king was different. The humility with which Jesus entered the world foreshadowed his heart for the world. I don't want you to miss that. The humility with which Jesus entered the world foreshadowed his heart for the world. From the start, Jesus was different. The shepherds saw this. They saw this child. They worshipped him. And they spread the word concerning his birth to everyone in the town. And people were amazed. And the question is, why were they amazed? Why were they amazed? What did they know about this child? What did Messiah mean to them? Because it wasn't abnormal, it wasn't rare for a king in that day to consider themselves more than human. And in fact, Caesar Augustus, the Caesar at the time, called himself the savior of the world. See, what made Jesus different? What context did they have that was informing their view of this baby king. See, 700 years earlier, a prophet by the name of Isaiah, he predicted the greatest announcement of all time. And in fact, Jesus, the birth of Jesus was predicted 700 years before by Isaiah. And during that time, the people of Israel were facing a throat of a growing world superpower named Assyria. 
And through Isaiah, God gives them hope to a new king, a ruler that would be more powerful than any government, any superpower the world has ever seen. And this is what he writes. For a child is born to us, a son is given, the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end. See, Jesus was born to be a king. And so Isaiah uses four names to reveal the character of this king. Jesus is Wonderful Counselor. Jesus' wisdom and teaching would transcend any human wisdom, any human teaching, any human understanding. In fact, his filter on how to live life and experience it to the fullest would be vastly different than any other king, any other spokesman, any other prophet, any other religious leader. Why? Because he is different. Because he was fully God. And he took on flesh and showed us through the Gospels and through his teachings the ways of God. A different ethic to live by. See, Jesus would be teaching things like this. You can't claim to love God and hate your neighbor. He said, bless those who persecute you. Pray for those who hurt you. He would also say that there is life in death when we die to ourselves. He would say that when you want to find life, you find it in me. We find life when we say no to ourselves and yes to him. Guys, we could chase a million different things in life. We can chase success and money and relationships and possessions, titles. But none of those things, none of those things will bring and fulfill our deepest desires of our soul like Jesus ultimately can. And this wonderful count. Jesus came to teach, grow, stretch, challenge, prepare, lead God, and show us the way that leads to life instead of regret. And the king would care deeply enough about you and me to want to change it. How fitting is it later that Jesus would say about himself, and this is way before the Mandalorian, he would say this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is the way. This is the way. Rather than sitting on a, a throne and sign decrees, Jesus would meet you and I. He would meet us where we are. He would come into our mess. He would invite us into a relationship with him. This king would be different. So not only is he a wonderful counselor, but he is mighty God. And the Savior King was born in a manger, meek and mild, but he was also mighty and majestic, possessing all the power of God. And while Jesus was born a human, yet he didn't lose any of his godness. And I don't know how that all works, but he was fully God and fully human. In a way we can't understand, he was both. When we are meek, when we are weak and scared and in distress and unsure and in the middle of a battle, Jesus, mighty God, is with us. And mighty God promises to be with you. Guys, you remember the, the scene? I'm going to go back in time. The 80s and 90s were great decades, by the way. And I don't know if it's because we had less electronics, but it was really, really neat. But do you remember the scene in The Lion King when Simba and Nyla disobey Mephisa and they find themselves in the elephant graveyard? And, and Simba's showing off, right, to Nyla. 
and they're like flirting like little cubs do. And all of a sudden, the hyenas come. And do you remember this? They run away for a bit. Let me show you this clip. Rasa does not rule me. You can't do anything to me. Because I'm the future king. <laughs> He's telling me what to do. His father's strength flickering inside. I wonder how all that bravery will taste. Let them go, Shenzi! They made a mistake, a horrible mistake. But if you do this, you will start a war with Mufasa. Hyena's alliance have been at war since the beginning of time. But Mufasa's bloodline will end here. <laughs> Don't let them get away. I have a mental picture here. I have a mental picture here that we have Jesus, the mighty God who is with us. Mighty God promises to be with us, not to make our circumstances go away the way that we want them to go away. But no, he says, no, I'm willing to be in the middle of whatever you're facing. Jesus, in fact, says this. He says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, for I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. Jesus is saying, look, I'm not making your life more difficult. It already is. I'm here to lessen the load. I'm, I want you to live on my strength. I, I want you to trust me. Allow me to walk with you, fight with you, support you. Don't let the meekness of the manger fold. Jesus humbly came in the form of a man, put the needs of others ahead of his own. So let's not get that twisted. He is, always has been, and always will be mighty. He is everlasting Father. The Savior will care for his people forever. I, I love this descriptor coming right after mighty God, that Jesus is God. He's powerful, he's strong, he's mighty, yet he is personal and he's loving. He loves endlessly and extravagantly. And Jesus, the Savior, he likes spending time with you. This king was not interested in religion. He came to offer a relationship. And not only is he everlasting father, but he is prince of peace. And it's fitting that this is the, the end of the list of names because he is the one that the friction that you and I have with God because of our sin, he was willing to pay the price for that sin. Sin requires death. We should have died. We should have been the one eternally separated from God. But Jesus said, no, I want to step in. I want to step in for you. I want to step in for the world. And I want to step in. I want to die for their sins. So that if 
you believe in me, I will remove that friction between you and God. See, Jesus brings peace between our relationship with God. If you've ever felt like God has been mad at you forever, he hasn't. If you've ever felt like you've messed up too much, you've gone too far, you haven't. If you ever feel like it's too late to come back, it's not. Because the Prince of Peace came to do a work that would change everything. And I want, I want, this, I, I want you to, to hear this and receive this. You can't claim to love God yet fail to love the person he died for. And that's the message of Jesus. He come not only to bring peace between you and God, but you and other people. So let's go back for a moment. And Luke writes again what had happened. He, they say, the angel says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped suddenly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. The time had finally come. Jesus. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace, was born to you. He was born to you. The long-awaited one is finally here. He was came down. He was born to you and for you. See, Christmas commemorates the miraculous reality that the King of Kings has made himself available, accessible, and approachable to you. And then, to your neighbor, to your kids, to your parents, to your spouse, to your coworkers, to those far from God, to those the outsider, the sinner, and the one who feels judged. And so as we come back to the words of John, who knew Jesus really well, so the word became human and made his home among us. When we didn't really understand what he was saying, he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And then when he died and we thought we had lost all hope and then he came back from the dead, we have seen his glory. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. See, John, speaking from experience, would say, listen, Jesus was a different kind of king. Listen, we lived under Herod. We lived under Pilate. We lived under Caesar. (laughs) Jesus was different. What kind of king would leave his throne? What kind of king would join his people in their mess? What kind of king would subject himself to the limitations of his people? What kind of king would willingly give up his life for the people? What type of king would forgive those who were killing him? Only a different kind of king. Jesus was more of a king than any other king. Came to interact with people like no other king. And from his abundance, we have received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. And that's the two things you and I need from Jesus. Truth. Spoken to. We need to understand the truth and know how to respond to truth. The truth is that we have friction with God because of our sin. Jesus came to restore that. And that is where we find grace. This king was different. See, this king was born to die but didn't stay dead. This king established a king that would never end. And this king invites you and I to lay down our lives and follow him. And he invites you and I to build up his kingdom that will never end. So, what will your response be? What will it be? Will your response be to the king who made himself available, accessible, and approachable to you? What will your response be to the king who extends grace to you? Guys, the invitation is here. 
And even if God has never, ever, ever been on your radar, you've always been on his. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to understand that you entered our mess to save us. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. And so, Father, help us to recognize that Jesus is like any other king. He is nothing like any king. And, Father, help us to receive that well. Help us not to only trust him as our Savior, but trust him as our king. It's interesting that we're willing to trust him with our soul and with eternity, but we're concerned and we're worried about trusting him with our life. When it comes to finances and relationships and emotional status and our health, we're like, eh, we're kind of doing our own. God, forgive us. Forgive us. That Jesus is worth following and help us to embrace that. In Jesus' name, amen.